Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Good morning, KLM, and good morning to all the guests tuning in. Yes, please do not adjust your Facebook or your YouTube. It's Brother Frank up here talking to you this morning. Uh, Pastor Duane couldn't be here this morning, so he entrusted me to still deliver the word to you. And I'm going to give this word to you so that you'll be able to be blessed. As a matter of fact, before I even start, this this is about back in February. um, Pastor Duane asked me to uh, deliver this message to you. And I was like, okay. And then the pandemic hit. So it kind of got put to the side. And I'm like, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And, you know, so much didn't happen between then and now. I wasn't sure when this was going to go down. And Pastor Dwayne, like a week ago, said, Frank, Brother Frank, it's time. So thank you, Pastor Wayne, you know, and Sister Courtney for giving me this opportunity and to come out and share this word. Trust me, you, you guys will be blessed. I'm going to take my time with it. And when I first started this, the message was originally like this long. So I had to put it on the treadmill, put it on the George Foreman grill and trim the fat and get to here. So I'm not going to be before you long. I'm going to have you out of here within the hour. Don't worry, brothers. You'll be able to catch the kickoff in time. I understand. But we're going to dive into this. And this message, it will will change your life. Amen. So let us pray. Father God come to you this morning as your child and as your servant, and I will never forget you in my prayers. I'll keep you in my prayers, and I ask that I may decrease so that you may increase. I pray less of me and more of you. Father God, I pray that your word is heard through my voice and it goes to the hearts and to the ears of your people, that they may be changed and that they may take this word and apply it to their lives. Give me the tongue of a ready writer that I may speak clearly and have total recall of this message for your people. And I pray that Pastor Duane and Lady Courtney are strengthened. Please um, comfort them, Father God. Lift them up and encourage them that they may have good rest, Father God, not just a nap, but let them have good rest, good sleep, Father God, so they are able to do the things in the ministry for your glory, Father God. And I pray that whatever burden is on their shoulders or whatever heavy weight is on them, it's released right now so they are able to continue to do the work of the ministry, strengthen Pastor Dwayne, Lady Courtney, their children, Destin and Declan, and Mom Jackie as well. That's the first family of KLM. And we want to be able to, you know, lift them up, Father God, and just to strengthen them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. <clears throat> All right, let's jump into this. Basically, when you, know, you get up here in front of the pulpit and you speak to the congregation, you can talk about just about anything in this Bible. Everything from Noah's Ark to Jonah and the whale, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, David and Goliath, Samson and Delilah, you know, all the stories, Jesus is born, his, uh, his miracles, and no one has a problem with it. 
But you talk about certain subjects and people get a little squeamish or uncomfortable. Like if I say the word sex, all of a sudden people get a little uncomfortable with it, which you shouldn't because in Genesis, Adam and Eve was naked throughout the whole Genesis. And you read the whole you know, Old Testament, there's nothing but such and such begat this one, such and such begat that one, such and such begat, you know. In order to begat something, you have to do some begatting. So sex shouldn't bother you. But that's not what I'm talking about today. Calm down. The other thing is, as soon as you mention money, people get upset like, here they go again, talking about money. The church are always talking about money, money. That shouldn't bother you either because if you read the word, it's talking about money throughout the whole word. So I don't know about you, but a lot of times I'm hearing all this stuff about, oh, they go to church again, talking about money. Church is nothing but a big business. And you're right, it is a big business. Church is in the business of winning souls to Christ. So I don't care how big your congregation is, whether you got 100,000 people, but if only 1,000 of them are saved and 99,000 aren't saved, that's bad church business. So we're not going to talk about all that, but I'm just letting you know that we're going to talk about the money today, but it's going to be so deep and so profound that you know, you're going to be like, whoa, okay? Like, it's deeper than just the regular dollars and cents that you're used to. Amen? So <clears throat> let's go to scripture real quick. Let's open this up because we're going to talk about the power of the tithe. Real, real, real simple, the power of the tithe. Malachi, I'm going to go back to Malachi 7. I got the King James Version. So Malachi 7 says, Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In your tithes and offerings. Yeah, let me explain this to you. I was not always a tither. Uh, coming up, I'll go to church. I would drop, you know, like a couple of dollars into the offering plate and keep it moving. And that followed me through like all the way to adulthood. And as I'm growing up, I'm hearing all these other stuff, boom, boom, boom. And you know how the churches does this with the money, does that with the money, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, ah, I'm only gonna give a couple of dollars and keep it moving. And one time, um, you know, Sister Angel, she had brought me out. She said, come out to, um, come out to Bible study for me one time. So I said, okay. So we went and it was like, it's time for offering. And the people stood up and they were cheering and clapping and, you know, like catching the Holy Spirit and pastor didn't even preach it. And I'm like, yo, what is going on here? And, you know, I'm, so I'm like, okay, let me pull out my couple of dollars so I can put it to the plate. I'm looking around and people are pulling out checkbooks. And I'm like, checkbooks? What type of bougie stuff is this? I'm not writing out no check for no, no pastor. But see, that's what my mentality was at the time. I didn't understand. But she kept telling me to come on out, come on out. And I was, I was going with it and it didn't click till one time when we came to church and they had another offering. And a lady, I'm, I'm, paraphr I'm a paraphrase what she said, but as she was praying over the offering, she was like, um, Father God, we, we, we're expecting a return. It's gonna be pressed down, shaken, and returning with a hundredfold. And I'm like, wait a minute, return a hundredfold. 
You know, I'm like, wait a minute. I looked at Angel. She, Angel probably don't even remember this, but I looked at her. I'm like, we get this money back? And she was like, yeah, God gives back. You know, when you give, you know, he blesses you and gives it back. And I was like, oh, no one ever told me that. I didn't know. So I'm like, okay, now I know. And so I still wasn't, a, you know, 100% giving every week, but, you know, I, it started growing on me. So that's why I'm, I'm going to tell you today, we're going to talk about this tithe, how powerful it is. Uh, I know tithes and offerings usually go together. Offerings, I'm going to say that for next week because if I did offerings today, we'll be here for two hours and I don't want to do that to you. So we're <clears throat> just going to jump into the tithe. Now, you're probably asking yourself, what is the tithe? Um, the tithe, actually in Hebrew, and I apologize for my Hebrew uh, pronunciation, but in Hebrew it means mesar which means a tenth part. And even uh, Dr. Bill Winston says it's a 10% of all your legal and legitimate financial increase. It's also a tenth portion of what belongs to the Lord. Uh, Y'all need scripture for that? Um, Come with me to Hebrews 7. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. There you go. That's where it comes from. Melchizedek was the high priest at the time. Okay, so the high priest now we know is Jesus. Let us move on. Okay, so that's what the that's what the tithe is. And you're probably asking me, so why should I tithe? I mean, what, what's the purpose of tithing? Well, there's benefits that come with tithing. You know, these are spiritual benefits that come with the tithing. And there's three of them. And the first one is finances. You know, you can be blessed through your finances, which will help you be successful in life. It will help you be successful in your ministry. And we're all called to minister in some portion, capacity. Also, your health. You can be, um, you can be blessed with your health as far as your strength, as far as protection, and miracles. And another blessing from this is your soul. You can um, have revelations and wisdom using that, that inner witness that PD been telling us about. Yeah, it'll, it'll strengthen that so you can have that revelation and the wisdom. Also, you know, there's another thing to it, it'll, it'll push the devil away. What you mean, push the devil away? It'll push the devil away. Malachi 3.11 tells us, and I will, will rebuke the devourer for your sakes he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. So he rebukes the devourer. And the third thing is people will know that you are a child of God. You don't believe me? Malachi 3.12. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord, says the Lord of hosts. So these are benefits that come with, with your tithing. Okay, so, but... Now check this out. I just told you what the benefits are. Check this out. Did y'all know that in a normal congregation, only 10 to 25% of the people are actually tithing? Yeah, that's, you know, that's a small... The whole congregation, the normal congregation, only 10 to 25% of the people are actually tithing. But it gets deeper. Throughout the nation, you know, as far as Americans, only 5% total are giving the tithe. 80% of the people, they're giving, but it's only 2% of their total income. So that's not even a full tithe. And it gets even more deeper that 17% of all tithers admit that they tithe on the regular, you know, on a consistent basis. 
Those numbers are disparaging, but you know, but it's like, Brother Frank, you just told us all these great benefits, but no one's, but all these, hardly anyone is tithing. So why is that? How you can have all these benefits, but no one you know, wants to use them, so to speak. It's like having a great job with great benefits and you're not using the benefits. Why is that? Well, right here, I can tell you, some people aren't tithing because, you know, Hosea 4.6. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Some people just don't know there's benefits with this tithing, you know. That may be you, but now you know. But some people, they actually they know it, but it's still like, why aren't they applying it? Why aren't they using it in their lives if they know that you get these benefits? And I, I got some um, seven points to explain that. And these seven points, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to just tap on them lightly because um, I could be here like for like another hour on each one. I'm not going to do that to you. <clears throat> so here's seven reasons why we don't tithe, and then I got some solutions on why you, sh on why you should, and this will help you out. Reason number one why we don't tithe, because we got life excuses. You know, we go to work, we get paid, and on payday comes, we pay that rent or that mortgage, that car note, that car insurance, that PSE&G, that cable bill, cell phone bill, you know, you go buy groceries, you put gas in your car, made the phone rings, you answer it, it's a creditor, you pay that off. You do all that, then when it comes time to tithe, you have nothing there. So you be like, okay, I'll catch it on the next go round. Next go round comes, and guess what? You got more bills and more expenses and things come up that you didn't expect. And you're like, ah, can't tithe this week because so I got to take care of this. And then that continues on to the next and to the next. And you just fall into a cycle of having life excuses and that's why you're not tithing. But, <laughs> you know, there's a solution to that. You come with me to um, 1 Kings, 1 Kings 17. I'm not going to read all of it because it's, it's extensive. But it's talking about how God sent Elijah, you know, to this land. He said, yo, meet up with this uh, widower. She's going to take care of you. And he goes there, and she's out there picking sticks and whatever, whatever. He's like, yo, I need some water, and I need some meal. She's like, look, all I got left is just a little bit of water and some meal, or some oil and some meal for me and my son. We're about to eat it and die. Because it was, it was a famine. It was like a drought in the land, so they didn't have much. <clears throat> and so... He was like, okay, make my cake first, make my meal first, and I'm gonna take care of you. But she's like, no, this is all we have left. Just me and my son are gonna eat this and die. But he said, no, 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 make my cake first, and I'm gonna handle that for you. And so what happened was, if you go to, um, right there in verse 14, it says, but thus said the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. Bottom line is, she took care of what she was supposed to take care of for, um, for God. You understand what I'm saying? And if she didn't starve, she didn't die, they was taken care of until, you know, started raining again in the land. You may be in that same situation right now with this whole pandemic. You may be out of a job or your supplies may be getting low. But God is just saying, trust him. And you still give and he's going to take care of you. And that's, you know, you have to build your faith with that. Let's move on. <clears throat> Second reason, number two, um, there's no immediate penalty for, um, but there are consequences. So what you mean there's no immediate penalty? Well, if you don't pay your rent, you're going to get evicted. If you don't pay your mortgage, foreclosure. If you don't pay your car note, repo man. You don't pay that tuition, 
No school. You don't pay your cell phone bill. No more social media. But you don't pay your tithe. Guess what? You'll still be in church in the front row, shouting, catching the Holy Spirit, getting fed by the pastor, and you ain't paying your tithe. And pastor's not going to kick you out. He's not going to send you a bill. So you're like, you know, there's no penalty for this. I just come to church and not tithe. But I'm here to tell you, don't do that, because that'll lead to consequences down the road. What's those consequences, Brother Frank? I'm about to tell you those consequences. <clears throat> if you come with me to uh, Galatians 6-9, I'm sorry, Tim Timothy 6-9, Timothy 6, First Timothy 6-9. That's excuse me. Um, shout out to my wife. She got me this new Bible, so the pages kind of stuck together. So it's not like I'm not reading my Bible, it's just that it's new, so bear with me. But First um, <clears throat> Timothy 6, 9. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in, in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, while some coveted after it, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Let me just say this real quick as a side note, then we'll move on. <clears throat> Verse 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. Let's just get rid of a myth right now. Money is not the root of all evil. Money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. God wants you to have money and things. All he's saying is, don't love the money more than him. Okay, this, this verse is botched up and messed up and, you know, misquoted to the fullest. And this is like, if you actually read what it says, it says, for the love of money. But you don't need to even hear that from me. OJ's been preaching that for years. You know, for the love of money, people will steal from their mother. For the love of money, you can kill their own brother for that mean, mean green. You know, it, this is true. You know what I'm saying? Even, you know, I got a whole list of songs talking about that. You know, you know Wu-Tang, Cash Rules, everything around me, cream. They telling you stuff they did to get the money. You know, I can't say those words, but understand what I'm trying to tell you is that when you have more love for money, it's going to, um, you're going to be tempted to do you know, foolish things and hurtful things, and it's gonna cost you in the end. And you don't wanna, you don't wanna fall into that temptation. So just tie, let's move on. Um, immediate grat gratification, number three, immediate gratification. What's immediate gratification? We live in a microwave society. Everything's a push button, boom, 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 boom. As I was coming up, you know, I would come home from football practice hungry, and my mother had to heat my, uh, my dinner up in the oven. It would take five, 10, 15 minutes. And then, then we got a microwave. So now when I came home, it only took like two minutes. Boom, 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 and my meal is ready. Uh, there's even times where I would hear a new record, hear a new, new album, and I want to go get it. So I'd leave my house, go to the record store. Yeah, I said record store. Go to the record store, grab the record or grab the tape, bring it back home, open it up, either put it in the tape deck or put it on the turntable, then I could hear it. But now, I could be at home on my couch on a Friday night in my pajamas, raining outside, and I can be going through my phone and, oh snap, Alicia Keys got a new CD out, boop. Public Enemy got a new CD out, boop. Oh, Tasha Cobb got a new CD out, boop. Oh, so, oh wait, I never know, Truth, I missed this Truth album. Oh, so, well, let me, let me get that right now. Boop. Point is, but, now wait a minute, don't judge me on my, on my music. Okay, if anybody knows me, I listen to everything. <clears throat> okay, I'm, listen, I listen to everything from 
Mary Mary to Mary J. Blige to the Mary Jane girls. But it's all good because it's all rooted in Jesus because Mary was Jesus' mother. That was a joke, okay? <clears throat> but the point is, it's that immediate gratification. And some of us treat our tithe the same way. We expect the tithe on a Sunday morning, come home Monday afternoon from work, and expect the check in the mail. And if that check is not in the mail, we like, see, it don't work. And then we don't tithe because you think it doesn't work. But I'm here to tell you, don't do that because um, you mess yourself up. If you come into Galatians 6, 9, see, I got solutions for this. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So your blessing is there. It's coming through you. It's God just saying, you know, keep, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing the right thing. It's going to come to you in due time. Sometimes God doesn't give it to us right away because, you know, we might mess it up. God may have a blessing right here for you, but because you're dating this joker over here, God's like, if I give that to you right now, dude over here is going to take all that from you. Get rid of him, then you can have this or whatever the case may be. Sometimes we mess ourselves up too when it comes to our blessings. And I'll get to that in a second. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So <clears throat> don't, don't grow weary and don't faint not. Uh, the fourth reason is that we don't want to prove to unbelievers that they're right. What are you saying? We don't want to prove the haters they're right. It's like this. We all know, God, we come to church all the time. We all got friends and family who know we in church all the time. And they know we giving money to the church. And they're saying, okay, you go to that church every week, but you still live in an apartment. Where your house at? You go to that church every week, but you still taking the bus to work. Where's your car at? Or where's your husband at? Where's your, how can you not marry yet? Or whatever case it be. Or how can you go to that church every week and you still coming to me to borrow gas money? Like, what is that doing for you? <clears throat> if you're not careful, you, you know what I mean? You start feeding incense like, yeah, you're right. You know, it's not working for me. And you'll stop, you'll stop giving because you don't want to prove the non-believers right. But I'm telling you not to do that. If you call me to Matthew 6, 6, 1 and 4, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm going to read all this real quick. I'm going to go to the glasses. Don't talk about my glasses. I turned 45 yesterday. Don't talk about my glasses. <clears throat> it says, take heed that you do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward for your father, which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. All right, let me just tell you straight up. You ain't got to tell everybody your business about your giving. You want to tell people that you're giving, boom, that's your reward right there. They see that you, oh, you're giving. You give whatever. Don't even tell them how much you're giving. Like, I give a thousand every week. Why? Okay. Just, God's simply saying when you give, that's between you and God. Look, people are going to hate on you whether you're doing good or whether you're doing bad. So you got to block them out and focus when you're giving when it comes between you and God. Let's move on. <clears throat> the next one. <laughs> PD, this doesn't concern, this doesn't, I'm not talking to you, but I got to say this because this next reason on why we don't give, it's also like probably like 90% of the reason why people don't even come to church for this simple reason right here. So let's, I'm going to just let it be known right now. Fifth reason why we don't give is because we don't trust the church or the pastor. 
We think the pastor is crooked, a swindler, a con artist, a cheat. And you all heard the phrase pimping preachers, you know, the preachers are the pimps and the congregation are the, can't say it, we in church. But y'all know what I'm talking about because I know you've heard it as I heard it. And let me just say this. Let me just dispel a, a myth real quick. Not every pastor owns a Cadillac. Not every pastor has a six-bedroom mansion up in the hills. Not every pastor has a Brooks Brothers suit wearing a Rolex watch and has a, you know, a private jet. Are the pastors like that? Yeah, absolutely. But those are the ones you like to see on TV. You know, there's a very small you know, percentage of them compared to other pastors. And let me just go on to say, there's nothing wrong with a pastor being blessed. You know, we can be blessed, a pastor can be blessed too. What I'm saying is, <clears throat> there's a pastors out there that are deliberately, you know, swindling and scheming and scamming the people, you know, for their own personal gain and not for the Lord. And, you know, they, they use the pulpit, you know, they try to hustle in the pulpit and they're deceiving God's people. And if that's you, you need to get up out of the pulpit. Because God, God's people, they're, they're, people want to know God, they want to come to know Jesus. And they come into church and they're trusting in you. But, but because if you're out here swindling them and, you know, hustling them, they're not even coming to church. So you're filling your pockets but emptying out the pews. You need to stop that. If you want to hustle, go find an alleyway somewhere. Don't hustle in the, in the pulpit. All right, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. But, <clears throat> okay. But the point I'm making here is, you know, <clears throat> and as a matter of fact, don't be, don't be discouraged by that. I'm going to help you out. If you call me the uh, Hebrews 7, 8. It says here in Hebrews 7, 8, I'm going to encourage you here. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he received them of whom it is witness that he lives. So clearly speaking, you get your tithes here to church, but Jesus our Father receives in heaven. It's like this. You got $1,000. You go to the bank. You put that $1,000 into the bank, and they give you a, a deposit receipt. And for whatever reason, that bank is robbed. But you come back to that bank, like, okay, I'm here to collect my $1,000. And they be like, we ain't got nothing for you. But you're like, nah. And I got my bank receipt right here, my deposit slip right here. Where's my $1,000 at? And so Jesus has your deposit slip, uh, receipt. So whatever you give to the church, Whatever shenanigans go on or what have you or not, but Jesus says, don't worry. I got your deposit receipt right here. So keep that in mind. Be encouraged from that. <clears throat> uh, well, number six. Just, I hope this is helping you guys out. I hope no one, don't fall asleep on me. You know what I'm saying? So, so stay focused. So, um, <clears throat> number six. Sometimes we put more trust into man's bank than into God. What are you saying, Brother Frank? This is what I'm saying. We, we put stuff into investments and stocks and bonds and banks, which is good. Please do that. I'm not saying not to, but please do that. But we put all our money into all these other you know, investments and things in E-trading, and we're neglecting the tithe. And why do men do that? Because you know, you, when you look at the, the stock market, you can see you know, up and down. You can actually see the visual up and down, up and down. But I'm here to tell you that God's stock market is constant, straight. It, it never dips. And I know what you're all saying, yeah, but there's multi-millionaires, and all they do is invest and do stocks and all that and put money in the bank and, you know, do those, do those things, please. And there are people who do that. But you're a child of God. You start neglecting your tithe, 
Remember what I said before, when you start neglecting the tithe, it's going to lead to other temptations and other things that you don't want to be a part of. And if you read history sometimes, when people put all their trust into the banks and the bank collapses or you know it crashes or whatever it goes down, you got people out here losing their minds, turning alcoholics or jumping out windows. You know, because they put everything they have into a man-made bank. And I'm saying put it into God's bank as well. I'm not saying not to invest, please do so, but don't neglect the tithe. You understand what I'm saying? Um, Matthew 6. Well, I, got, I got scripture. I'm going to help you guys out here. Matthew 6, 24. <clears throat> no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold on to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and man. So basically, like, you get so caught up in this bank over here, you just forget about and despise God's tithe. And it's like, you can't do that. It's better to tithe first and then, you know, do the investment. Like, you can do them together. You're investing it. Look, you're already investing in these banks and everything, real estate and all these other things. Invest in God as well. Okay? Amen? Uh, and number seven, some of us are looking for, uh, <clears throat> we're looking for financial blessings. Yeah. Only looking for financial blessings. I got no problem with prosperity preaching, but if you're a prosperity preacher and you're only preaching about prospering in finances and you're neglecting to preach about prospering in people's health and in their soul, you are doing your, your congregation a disservice because God wants us to prosper in all three areas. You understand? So it's like, let's look at it like this way. Let's say you're sick and you need an operation. You've been tithing. But not getting no checks in the mail, but you're tithing, not getting no checks in the mail for this money for the operation. So you stop tithing because you're like, yo, I got to save this money for my operation. But what you don't see is God is actually could be healing you from the inside, getting rid of that tumor from you from the inside or that cancer or that high blood pressure or whatever may be ailing you. God could be healing you through your health, but you only focus on getting money for the operation and you're missing out that God is healing you. You, you know what I'm saying? Are you with me on that? And your child may need to go to school. You may need tuition money for school. So you've been tithing, you're tithing, and like, okay, where's my, where's my tuition money at for, the, for my child to go to school? But what you're neglecting to see is God could be sending you uh, scholarship applications and grant applications, so you only have to pay. But because you're so focused on trying to get the money, you're missing out on the scholarship applications and grant applications. Are you saying, I'm, I'm throwing those examples out there because sometimes we so focused on the money that we missed other things that God's trying to do for us. There's a time, real quick, I was unemployed <clears throat> and I was not tired enough my unemployment check. I'm like, man, you bugging. I'm, it's all I got. I'm not working. So I was sending applications and resumes everywhere. Had people praying over me and everything. Still nothing was going down. And then my um, unemployment check was about to run out. So I said, okay, God, I'm just I'm gonna leave it in your hands. And I tied off of my unemployment check. And what you know, later on that week, no, I did not get a check in the mail, but later on that week, phones started ringing. <clears throat> and it's not a coincidence either. The phone started ringing, but remember, I was sending it out to everywhere. And the Holy Spirit in me was like, don't answer that phone because that's not the job you want. Don't answer that phone. That's not, don't. now when the phone ring, answer that one. And I answered the phone and got the job and I was able to start the next week. And and just as my unemployment was running out, my check for the new job kicked in. So what am I saying? I'm saying there's so many 
other ways for you to be blessed that's not just a dollar. Uh, you don't believe me? That's um, <clears throat> Third John, excuse me, Third John 1 and 2, where it says, um, for beloved above all, I wish that you thousands may prosper and be in health as your soul um, prospers. That, that's the quote. That's the scripture. Um, but I know not what you're saying, saying, Brother Frank, Brother Frank. Those are seven reasons why we don't give. And I know you're saying, but I give all the time. I give, I'm a, I'm a consistent giver, consistent giver, but I'm not seeing any blessings. If you're consistently giving, you're always giving and giving, and you're not receiving anything, you just have a Sunday morning ritual, that is not God. That's on us. How do I know this? Because in Psalm 35, 27, he tells us, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which have pleasure and prosperity of his servant. So it pleases God when we are prospering. And you know, God doesn't, know, doesn't withhold any good thing from us. So if you're giving and you're not receiving any blessings, don't blame God. It's something that we're not doing on our end. And what's that? It's a couple of characteristics, a couple of traits, a couple of behaviors that you may be doing. I'm gonna just tap on them real quick because we're gonna come back to it. But <clears throat> if you have any misplaced priorities, any improper motives, bitterness or unbelief, unforgiveness or fear, if you exhibit any of those behaviors, you're gonna block your, your blessing from getting to you or, or stop your blessing from getting to you, okay? So if I can quote Ice Cube, sometimes you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Amen? Um, let's move on. Um, hope y'all getting something from this. You know, let me know. You know, these, this is real. Um, this right here, now we're going to get to the, to the, why is this so powerful? Because you don't told us the definition. You don't told us the blessings. You don't told us why we're not doing it. And if we are doing it, why it's not working. But Brother Frank. Why is it so powerful? Like, well, why? What makes it so powerful? Well, <clears throat> a long time ago, uh, Pastor Dwayne, you told me this a long time ago. We was in the, uh, in the hotel. And you had said something then, and I was like, wow, I never seen it that way. I never looked at it like that. I never noticed it like that. And I started looking into it. And then later on in life, I was reading a book and it said like the same thing. I'm like, yo, this is, this is deep. And if anybody who knows me, you know, I see stuff like that, I start digging into it. I'm like, yo, this is, this is something, this is something real here. So, just to let you know that we were not church. We was not like the first ones to start tithing. This goes back. Tithing goes way back. Okay. How far back does it go, brother Frank? Well, it goes back to. Yo, come, come with me to Genesis. Yeah, we're going back to Genesis. And this is what's going to mess you up. Mess you up for the good, though. Go back to Genesis um, <clears throat> chapter 2, 16. You got, you, got, you, got to, you got to see this. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in that day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Whoa, don't just overlook that. Understand the parallels here. God said of every tree, you can eat. But this one right here, the knowledge of good and evil, don't touch it. God says the same thing to us. You get that paycheck or that increase, God says, do what you want with it, that's yours. 
But a tenth of that, that's mine. You got you got to see the parallels in here. You know, the the tree here was like it was a form of a tithe. It wasn't, you know, and you got to see. And understand this too. <clears throat> as long as Adam and Eve didn't touch this tree, they was prosperous. They was receiving all these blessings. You don't believe me? Right here in verse two, uh, verse two, chapter eleven, as he's describing the garden and the rivers. It says right here, the name of the first is Pison, that is which encompasses the whole land of Havilah, where there was gold, and the gold of that land is good, and there's Bethlehem and onyx stone. So there was gold in the region, in the area, hmm, finances. And also, you talk about the rivers around the garden, they had resources, you know, they had water, they had food, they had everything, you know, they needed right there in the garden, right? We gotta read this. And also, God gave him, um, he got, gave, gave Adam that wisdom, that revelation, you know, because he was like, till the land, you know, take care of the land. Adam had no HGTV to know how to do that. You know what I'm saying? God gave him that, you know, that insight to, to how, just how you till the land. God told him to name the animals. There was no animal planet TV. So how did Adam know how to name a giraffe or a lion? He got all that from God. Not to mention him and, him and Eve, they were close to God. You understand what I'm saying? They was naked and they was naked, but they wasn't afraid. But so they had that connection with God. And also, <clears throat> we know they was healthy because God performed open rib surgery on Adam. No anesthesia, no Percocets. You know what I'm saying? There was no, he didn't bleed out. You understand what I'm saying? He didn't sew him back, you know, and Adam didn't feel any pain. And also, like I said, there was no sickness, there was no disease. But as soon as they took from, the, took, took from the tree, all that was taken from them, those blessings were taken from them. Now they're outside the garden, outside of all those provisions that they had. And now, <clears throat> you know, there was no, matter of fact, there was no sorrow either in the garden. They didn't get the sorrow to afterwards, because God said, now Adam, you're going to work the land, but you're going to have sorrow you know, working the land, you're gonna sweat and you're gonna be back breaking work. It's not gonna be fulfilling. Some of y'all may have jobs down where it just ain't fulfilling. You know, you just you just going in for the paycheck, you know what I'm saying? So that's what God's talking about. And Eve has sorrow too, you know, the women pains and the childbirth, and she wished that 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 would be on her husband. And so, and also like I said, they was they was connected with God, but now they're on the outside and now they're clothed and they're not connected to God. So they lost all that when they took from the tree. So <clears throat> that's why I look, you gotta be careful because when the enemy speaks, you know what I'm saying, the enemy came in the form of a serpent and a serpent has you know, a forked tongue or a divided tongue or a separated tongue. So whenever the enemy speaks, his main job is to separate. Separate you from your spouse or separate you from your finances, separate you from your, your health. Separate you from your blessings. Separate you from God. Separate Adam and Eve from the from the garden. So you gotta you gotta be careful. But but glory to God, who sent Jesus Christ on the cross to die for us. And when Jesus died, he did what? He became <clears throat> he became sin, so we could be righteous. He became poor, so we could be uh, rich. He became sick, so we could have good health. He took on sorrow, so we could have joy. He died, so we could live. Okay, are you are you getting this? Are you understanding? You know. 
how deep this is when they took from it. Um, <clears throat> and also, here it is. Remember before I just told you recently those behaviors you have when you're giving and giving and giving and nothing is nothing's happening in your life because I said you got some bad behaviors or bad traits. <laughs> Check this out. <clears throat> when Adam and Eve, when they took from the tree, they had these same traits. You don't believe me? They had, listen, they had misplaced priorities. When the enemy spoke to Eve, she just did what he said. And Adam did what Eve did, you know, what Eve said. They was out of order. The right order would have been for Eve to look to Adam and be like, yo, you hear this dude over here saying to me, are you, what's, what's to do? And Adam should look to God and be like, God, you know, what's, what should we do? What should we listen to? There's order in this. It's not, and listen, marriage 101. It's okay for the wife, just wife, submit to your husbands, but husbands, you gotta submit yourself to God. Y'all gotta have that right order. And had Eve checked with Adam and Adam checked with God, they wouldn't have took from the, took from the tree, but that's not what happened. And so sometimes we have that same type of, type of attitude or characteristic. <clears throat> Maybe not the same actions, but you gotta understand the characteristics that I'm talking about. We tithe, but we do everything else in the world to try to receive the blessing. And God is saying, look, seek first the kingdom and these things will be added to you. Understand this misplaced orders. You got to seek the kingdom first. Well, how do you seek the kingdom? I'm not going to get into that because that's a whole sermon, but seeking the kingdom of God is being born again, reading your Bible, prayer and fasting, praise and worship, and part of your worship is tithing because when you worship, you're honoring God. And so when you're tithing, you're also honoring God. Okay? Um, but, so you got to seek the kingdom of God first. Don't do all this other stuff. Uh, the, myth, the improper motive. They had an improper motive of why they took. Why did they take from the tree? Because they wanted to be like God, right? So that's what the devil told them to be like God. So that's a bad, that was an um, improper motive. Sometimes we have improper motives. Like why do you want to be blessed? You know what I'm saying? It's like you want to keep up with the Joneses just because your neighbor got a Mercedes, now you got to go out and get a Maserati? Or you know, why do you want to be healed, you know? You want to leave your deathbed <clears throat> just so that you can get up and sit on your couch and you know, binge watch Netflix. Like, like what, what are your motives for wanting to be blessed? Are they selfish or you know, are, they, are they something good? You know, be blessed to be a blessing. You know, like my own, my own son, Ethan Cortez, is like, Daddy, you need a new car, a bigger car, like a, like a truck type of thing. I'm like, huh? What do I need that for? You know what I'm saying? Like, I like cars. They're like, no, you need the big car because we got to fit a place. We, got, we need room for the dog. I'm like, for the dog? Yo, they got me getting cars and puppies and everything. I'm like, whoa, but, but see, they're not thinking about showing off. They're thinking about, hey, we need a spot for the puppy. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And then I'm looking at Ethan. I'm like, I got to get a new car anyway because he's, he's growing like a weed. You know, but the point I'm trying to make is, why do you want these blessings? It's a selfish reason or, or what? If it's selfish, it's not gonna work. Um, we also have, there's also bitterness they displayed at the, when they took from the tree. Um, they got caught out there, God was like, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? And Adam was like, started pointing, it's this woman you gave me. And Eve started pointing, it was the serpent. And this bitterness, you start pointing at people, you start having this 
you know, this like this hatred, this festering hatred, you know, because you start pointing at people, that's going to lead to unforgiveness. As we can see, Adam and Eve didn't forgive each other, and that matriculated into them having a dysfunctional family. Um, that's Parenting 101, another session, but so I'm just saying to you, you know, parents did before you start making babies, clean it up, forgive each other, and just also what we do, if we have any bitterness in our heart, or any unforgiveness, you're not going to receive your blessing. So you got to forgive people. If you like, you're giving and giving, there's nothing that happening. You need to be like, wait a minute, do I need to forgive someone, or am I holding a grudge against someone? You got to clean that up. Um, there's also unbelief or doubt. When the enemy spoke to him, the enemy said, oh, are you really going to die? And God said you're going to die, but are you really going to die? You're not really going to die. And that just, that power of suggesting, you know, it invoked, you know, Adam and Eve, some doubt in Eve's mind, like, oh, maybe we won't die. But truth is, they did die. They died, like, they died a spiritual death at that time. And because they, they was disconnected from God at that point. So, and sometimes the enemy today speaks to us through the world because the world be like, man, you don't have to tie. Why are you tired? It's not going to work for you. Don't tie. And you hear that every day. And every day there's all these reasons on why not to tie. And that's the enemy trying to put doubt in your mind about receiving blessings from your tie. And also there's fear. <clears throat> Adam, and Eve, Adam and Eve displayed fear. How do we know that? Because once they did what was wrong, they covered themselves up, you know, with the leaves and tried to hide in the garden. They were scared they did something wrong. And sometimes we do that. We may give, <laughs> but now you're up at night worrying. Oh, no, is this going to happen? Is this going to work? You know, maybe I shouldn't give next time. Or is this going to happen? Or is that going to happen? You know, you got to get that spirit of fear out of you. God did not give us the spirit of fear. He gave us the spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. So you got to get rid of those things, and you will see your blessings come. But because Adam and Eve displayed those traits, messed up their blessing. So if you displaying those traits, it's going to mess up your blessing. Amen? Wait a minute. <clears throat> I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm about to wrap this up real quick. Because if you didn't get anything out of this, understand this part right here. This is, this is what it, you know, understand this right here. God told Adam and Eve when it came to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He said, don't touch it. Don't partake of it. Don't eat of it. If you listen to that, that mean, and if you, don't, if you follow that, that means you, you love me, that means you trust me, and that means you're obeying me. And that's a good thing. Check it. What he said, but if you do touch it, you do partake of it, you do eat of it, that means you don't love me, you don't trust me, and you're not obeying me. That's an evil thing. The tree itself was a manifestation of God's ministry. When they robbed from the tree, they was robbing God's ministry. So when we come to church and we're being fed by, through the ministry of good and evil, and we're not tithing, we're robbing God of his, of his ministry through the tithes and offerings. You got to see the parallels here. They took from the tree, which was God's ministry to them, good and evil. Now we're taking from God's church, which ministering to you about good and evil, and that's robbing them. Do you understand what I'm saying with this? Yes, yes? I don't know. I hope so. Hope you start to sleep. Hope, hope everyone is still awake. But this is why this is so powerful. You can get back to your garden of Eden way of life just through tithing. You see what I'm saying? Like, just honor, honor God, and God will, 
blesses us, then we honor God, he blesses us. That's the cycle you want to be in. You understand what I'm saying? And so that's how powerful this tithe is. It's so much more deeper than just your dollar because God can take it so much further and your life, you, your life, you know what I'm saying, will be so much more enhanced and enriched, and enriched just by you honoring God. Amen? Um, glory to his word. That's all I have for you. Um, often we'll talk about that next week. But, um, yes, that's, um, thank you for um, listening to this. I pray you was blessed through all of this. And, um, hey, this is what it is. Let's, um, yeah, let's just honor God and giving and everything. Amen? Um, let me pray real quick. Father God, thank you for this word that, that your people heard, Father God, and I pray that they will take this and apply it to their lives. Thank you for, for giving me the time to display this and to, to preach to the people about this. And may they be blessed. And may they not just be challenged, but let them be changed for the better. Glory to your word, in Jesus' name, amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His word. God bless you.